Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Uh, we got into a very interesting conversation, I thought, that uh, was pretty wide-ranging on Hobby Hotline uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, we talked about the future. And rather than scripting it, uh, I thought it'd be better to have it more naturally coming from uh, Jeremy Lee and Val Mars and uh, John Newman, who were on that uh, particular episode. Check it out, Hobby Hotline. But uh, again, just uh, sometimes it's more natural to hear it the first time rather than for me to edit it out and turn it into something that looks like it's all coming from me. A lot of it, a lot of these uh, fun of this podcast is having the the interaction uh, among the guests and uh, they do it a little differently because that's live. Uh, I'm enjoying doing the uh, interviews that I have and I hope you're enjoying all the different shows. Uh, if you are or aren't, <laughs> we, we love getting specific feedback uh, of uh, positives or negatives that uh, have particularity that we can um, uh, address. So again, thanks and enjoy. It's a distinction of our hobby that we're apparently strong enough to have a one-off deal between eBay, our category, and the United States Postal Service. Oh, yeah. That is amazing to me. That just shows the clout of eBay and the clout of our industry. Yeah, so that deal, I believe, is that now for any card value $20 or under, you can get tracked shipping for a buck, yeah. which is unheard of. I can tell you up here in Canada, we're, we're very jealous of that arrangement. If I send anything down to the U.S. from here with tracking, it costs me about $18 minimum. Yeah. There are services up here where they'll drive down to the U.S., down to Montana to mail your cards. But anyway, it's a big deal for eBay, just the fact that eBay did a deal with the USPS is huge. That is amazing because I hate having to charge three forty nine or whatever it is for shipping because the only way to get tracking before for these lower end cards was to bow mailer and we're tracking, like I said, for three something. So if we go 75 cents, that's massive for the lower end market for these, you know, well, common. eBay had to go to the US and it, it's not just current volume. They, they had to have projections that the future volume for a service like this would be so outrageous that it'd be worth it. Because if there's a million transactions like that a day, that's not going to move the um, Postal Service's needle. But it could be millions a day of these individual, or I think you get a small number of cards in there. It's got to have a certain thickness and all that stuff. But they, they must really be thinking that what, what they've said, I think, in doing this deal is that 2020 is not an aberration. That 2020 is not even the new normal. It's the beginning of a new normal that has even greater volume in 2021 and, and going forward. And that's exciting that eBay convinced the USPS that this category is taking off. When I, I was on the virtual holiday on Sports Card Investor, I know you were too, Jim. I was on Wednesday night and Jeff Wilson interviewed me for about 15, 20 minutes. And he, he asked me the question, what are you looking forward to most in 2021? And my, my automatic response was, Jeff, how do we top 2020? 2020 has <laughs> been so crazy and awesome in the hobby. How do we top it? But I think we are going to, from a hobby perspective, I think we are going to top uh, what we saw in 2020. And I followed it up with a comment that I'm just excited to watch. I'm excited to just be an observer and watch what unfolds in 2021. 2020 was like a, a shift in the hobby. It, it just changed things. And I can't wait to see what 2021 holds. And if what you're speculating comes true, I'm on side. 2021 is going to be another great ride in the hobby. And with all these new big names coming in, and how does it go any other direction right now? because of the influencers. And I don't mean just the social influencers, the celebrity influencers that are coming in now. And uh, we're going to learn about more and more of them as time goes by. I've heard rumblings of, of other people that are in the hobby that if they ever come out that they're in the hobby, some big things can happen. Some bigger things can happen because we've seen big things. So I'm very excited for, for this next year. Definitely. Yeah. I think we've learned as, as great as 2020 has been in the hobby, 
there's going to be people complaining just in general. So whether the Vaynerchucks are involved or not involved, people are going to either something or severely dislike something to the point of talking about it, posting about it, bashing it. And I don't think having a V brother involved is going to change. It'll change. If anything, like Dr. Jim said, I think it'll change it for the positive. But the negative stuff's going to be there, whether AJ signed on or didn't sign on. I'm going to be curious to see what their plans are to do with the investment money. Scott Greenberg is going to be on this week. It's definitely uh, on my list of questions to ask is what that entails. And so we'll, we'll have to see what his response is. They're doing well uh, from what I can tell. And I've sold on that platform and I can tell you I've sold quite a bit and stuff I've sold on there surprisingly probably more. When I put it on there, I got actually more than I probably would have asked, let's say if it was on eBay or another platform, uh, especially in the early going. It's leveled. Anything new got a buzz to it, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I think any new or not new platform, adding more platforms to buy and sell and depending on who they advertise to. Some people just go to eBay and buy and sell. And some people just go to Amazon and buy and sell. If Starstock is a place where people just go, that's their first first stop. My only thing is they don't sell racing or, or hockey. Maybe they'll use some of this money to scale yeah. up their infrastructure. Yeah, you got to think it's going to their technology infrastructure into marketing. That's usually where these starts of raises tend to go to as they should. Yeah, big things, in the, big things ahead. 2021 is going to be a transformational type of year. 2020 was this one-off thing that we've never seen before. I think next year is going to be more telling because we don't really know yet how the hobby will build off of 2020. So I think we're all bullish on it. 2021 is going to be very indicative to us of where this hobby is going in the long run. What, what's the long run? Is it two years, five years, 10 years, 20? I, I'm not sure. But to me, it's more like that 10 to 20 year time horizon. And I know two years aren't going to tell us what's going to happen that far down the road, but it's going to set us up for the next while. And with people putting in millions of dollars into cards, they're going to want to find a way to ensure that these investments, and I know that word is not everyone loves it in the hobby, but it's just the way where we're at, that these investments are going to maintain their their value into the long term. So 2021 is going to be a very interesting and, and important year. Obviously, rookie cards usually are in most demand. We've seen this year the rise of second year cards as well, and people would want to, to maybe go there while they're shopping for rookie cards and also get a second year cards and they're, they're unable. Maybe it might be an advantage to another platform that allows someone to do that. So I'm sure this is all discussions that they've had already behind closed doors as to future decisions and what we want to do. And now they have $1.3 more million to decide what they want to do, different things. And uh, we'll see. And is there going to be another platform that tries to jump in, in in 2021 speaking of next year and, and throw their hat in the ring we see it in the grading market companies try to come in and and get it in the ring i thought Starstock was gonna have more trouble uh getting a foothold than than they did but they had the right people uh in the right positions and the, they, they made it uh, anything can change but as of right now they're, they're doing well and, and obviously expanding and getting some uh star power no pun intended behind the company's name and who's next is, is the question we've seen the psa business transaction we're going to see more of these transactions, I believe Brian Gray alluded to, to it on my show last week that there's things going on that we just don't know about yet that we're going to be hearing about. So there's going to be more headlines, more takeovers, more buyouts, more M&A activity, maybe more on the A side of things in terms of acquisitions. Well, so, it, it's, it's way tougher to build a brand than to extend a brand. And so I'd be keeping my eyes on Nat Turner because PSA has a huge platform. 
get, get a new lease on life. And if that deal goes down early next year, then all these things we're talking about are within range and sight of an expanded vision for PSA in terms of domiciling cards, fractional ownership, and these day trading kinds of things. They have the cards, they have the money, and they're going to have new ownership that thinks big. Yeah, as a PSA set registry person, I got a survey, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, and we read between the questions, and it was definitely about having them having a vault and being able to hold your cards there. And then so if you're holding them, it only makes sense to have another marketplace as well. It's like Dr. Jim was saying the other day, if you can, if they can siphon off a couple of cents per dollar, okay. or so, then. So you send your cards to PSA, you send in your grading fee, and then they say it's going to be a year wait, but we're going to put them in the vault and we're going to charge you for that. <laughs> shouldn't, they just, shouldn't they then just acquire PWCC? I'm yeah. sure there's some discussions there, but uh, but PS, uh, because, because PSA is going to be the big dog. But what's keeping them from doing what PWCC is doing? Are they, it's like I say, building a brand is tough. Extending the brand, not as tough. PSA has a brand, so they they could now just diversify a little bit more if they so choose. You got to think, Nat Turner's only 34 years old. It's actually mind-blowing how young he is and where he's at in the hobby and just in his professional life. And so you got to think a guy like this has vision and we're sitting here speculating. We're just armchair quarterbacks here. Are there going to be more platforms that... that come out of the woodwork? Yes, I think, of course, Starstock is a rookie card only one. That's a nice niche for them. Are they going to scale up bigger and venture into other types of cards, you know, post-rookie cards? I don't know. ComC. ComC handles all cards. they got millions of cards in their system. And uh, I've seen people compare the two. I don't think it's a, a proper comparison. I think it's apples and oranges. They're doing different things. ComC is is a volume sort of a model, and they're they're handling so many. They're handling every card where, where Starstock is really just handling a few cards within the realm of the hobby. So they both have a great place in here. And I'm excited to see how they both evolve and what happens with them from an ownership perspective over time. You got to think Com C is a huge target right now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I know Tim, he was working on a few innovations and stuff like that. And I don't think they've been you know rolled out. Dr. Jim could say, if you're standing still, you got a sight on you. As soon as the pandemic, you know, showed its ugly face and back in about mid-March, when people started to realize this was something that was serious, most people in the hobby thought that this was trouble, trouble for our holdings, our collection, the value of our collections. And I know that's what went through my mind. And the exact opposite happened. Jeremy, what you raise is the issue that is in other financial markets of the possibility of selling futures. There may be some regulation. There's probably not regulation if you're dealing with a physical card, but selling someone the right to buy something that you hold. So it's not naked. You have it, and I'm willing to sell it to you for this price at this future point. That day could come because yeah. that's a more sophisticated approach to betting on the future that many of the commodities and things like that do. I think that it, would be Jim, cool. I think that that's an excellent prospective kind of thought you're having because I think you're right. That day will come where we have puts and calls and all these things going on within our hobby because the, the hobby, the business, it is moving more and more towards being like trading. So we have so many opportunities to buy and sell these things now. They're very liquid. Fractional ownership is not new. It's just relatively new in the hobby. Why not move in that direction? You've got PWCC with their vault. That's a very powerful business model. If it scales, if it scales, and I don't know that they're the ones to do it or who it is, but if that, if that model scales, we're going to see exactly what you're talking about. That's something you can almost guarantee, Jim, where the hobby is evolving. The biggest vault in the hobby is called PSA's waiting room. And the second biggest is BGS, which I've seen, which is cards and cards. It's floor to ceiling. Okay. Third is PWCC, probably. Yeah, probably. 
I, I think the infrastructure, it's there and it's being, it'll be developed and improved. And then we'll see more and more financial market type of activity in the hobby. We're obviously seeing it already, but uh, we're moving towards it. So I'll, I'll, even a stock market, those stocks are, those actual shares are like controlled by the trust companies and the intermediaries. That's what the ComC, that's what ComC is that in, in their vault. That's what the PWCC vault is. And that's what all these, what additional vaults will become because exactly. these cards are, they are physical assets. Whereas stocks nowadays are really digital assets that you just have to have a record of. Yeah. I'll take it back. Com, ComC probably has the third biggest vault or maybe second or maybe first. I don't know. They got an awful lot of cards somewhere up in uh, Washington state. Yeah. They, but I think their average card value is much lower than PWCCs <laughs> though. But yeah, you yeah, know, volume wise for sure. Yeah. For sure. I like Brad's comments as Rich's office is the fourth biggest vault. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I've been there too.